No, I'm not very attractive. No, likewise. I find myself repugnant. Oh, good game, good game, good game. I uh, didn't get nothing in this game for uh, Casper Metra, so... <laughs> what have you got? Oh, Danny Smith. It was on display in the bottom of a locked filing cabinet, stuck in a disused lavatory with a sign on the door saying, Beware of the Leopard, Leopard, Leopard. From the outpost, this is Beware of the Leopard, your A to Z of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm Mark Stedman, and I feel like a military academy. Bits of me keep on passing out. I'm Danny Smith, and Darren is good. <laughs> My name's John, and I can see we're all in for a fabulous evening's apocalypse. <laughs> <coughs> We're working our way through the M section, and uh, let's uh, let's begin with a simple way of getting from point A to point B very fast. Ford and Arthur are teleported from the smouldering remains of the Earth to the Vogon ship via a matter transference beam, a song that regularly used to be uh, chanted by huge crowds outside the Sirius Cybernetics Corporation. Mm. Teleport Systems Factory on Happy World 3 goes If you have to take me apart to get me there, then I don't want to go But if you have to take me apart to get me there, I don't want to go Sing and take me apart, take me apart, what a way to roam And if you have to take me apart to get me there, I'll stay right here at home Danny Humanity has been afraid of all sorts of significant technological uh, advances. Currently, we're afraid of self-driving cars and AI. What will we be afraid of in 100 years? Uh, Nothing. We'll all be dead from climate change. We'll all be dead from climate change. Um, Yeah. um, What I... Yeah. I genuinely think that, by the way. Um, We will all be dead from climate change. Um, But I do want to talk about my transport. Can we actually talk about my transport? I'm, I was really happy when we got this soft pit because when I explain how I would never, ever, ever use a matter transporter because it would kill you. Are you, are you going to explain it with reference to the fly? <laughs> which which version? The Jeff Goldblum version, the early version that's actually a lot better. Would, you, would it, oh, would it surprise you to learn that I've only seen the early version? <laughs> it would not. It really would not. Um, okay, so, right. It kills you, right? It kills you dead. And, re- and recreates you somewhere else. But you'd be dead, and the new version of you would be alive. You wouldn't know the difference. Well, you would, because your, con- your consciousness would end, and a new consciousness would start that wouldn't know the difference, but the you that is you would be dead. Yes, I agree with you, Dan. That's quite a, that's quite a philosophical take on it, because you wouldn't know the difference. Well, <laughs> the, the other you wouldn't know the difference. Because you'd be, well, they'd be, yeah. And that would be the only you. That would be the only you, but the earlier version that was you would be dead. But it would have, yeah, but the consciousness would end and it wouldn't feel any effects. But you'd be dead. It'd kill you and just have another version of you that didn't didn't know that you were dead out there. If if one doesn't know one's dead, is one truly dead? Yes! <laughs> and why don't people fucking get this? Right, right, okay. <laughs> Right, what essentially it does is break you down into data, copy that data, shoot that data somewhere else, and build a new version of you. Right. Uh, uh, any of that I'm mis- no. mistaken. Right. If it can do that, it can build two versions of you. It just doesn't have to destroy the first bit, does it? So it's basically cloning. Yes. Okay. So it's 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 copy and paste as opposed to cut and it's paste. Cut and, but yeah, so in the, yeah. As, so this version it, it it's copy and paste. It's it's cut it's cutting it's cutting first and then pasting. But it's already got the thing that it's pasting into memory, so theoretically it could copy and paste, but it's choosing to cut. Yes. So if it could copy and paste and there could be two versions of you, right? 
there is another consciousness that exists in the world that remembers being being from one place to another. I'm talking about you know that one that they that doesn't continue. That's you. That's the consciousness that you're living in. You would end, and someone exactly the same would carry on. Well, in fact, the, the, there is a thing that the, there would be no consciousness of being beamed because you're not beamed. It's just data. You're not moving. Uh, so, so you just yeah you exactly. Yeah, it would be um, a little bit like when an old film jumps. <laughs> You reckon it'd feel like that if you were the the new being? Well, no, well, nothing happened. Nothing. There's nothing in between. It, as the new being, it would feel exactly like being the old being, and you would never have experienced anything else. It's outside your consciousness. But I think you're quite right to be afraid of it, and I think you're quite right to be afraid of driverless cars as well. They keep killing people. Cars keep killing people. People. People in cars keep killing people. A lot of them. Yeah. All the, the fucking the, time. Like, I, I think there's only been one driverless car fatality. Going back to the um the matter transference thing and, and like Danny's point, it you are echoing the thing that has boxed my brain off since I was a kid and it was weird and dark that I was worrying about this when I was a child, skating in my back garden, uh, at the age of probably nine. Um but I remember having the question of that it's so it, it it oh god it's so hard what is the sensation after you're dead because i can't i i cannot wrap my head around being conscious and then not being conscious i can't wrap my head around that concept of the because you know do, do you see what i mean because it's like okay i'm alive i'm alive i'm alive i'm dead but you don't perceive being dead you're just dead and your consciousness doesn't exist anymore i can't if i think about it too long i think blood starts to pull in the corner of my mouth because it just breaks me anger and we'll all find out eventually i need someone to tell me now um have you ever been knocked unconscious no i never have right come here <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, yeah. Uh, one minute you're there, and the next minute you're not. And yeah, but then there's then the next minute, not. and you wake up. That's the thing. Yeah, because I was I, I was thinking about that when I was speaking. Like you, you, you wake up from unconsciousness. Uh, it's so it's the it's the it's the not waking up bit, and what that means. I, it's the turning off of the brain, and then what is thereafter? There is nothing, and I can't perceive perceiving nothing it's normally after the turning off of the brain it's normally the local news and weather right <laughs> just a test tone this, this yeah it's a central job finder the uh pages page, pages pages from cfax when did this podcast turn into the stone student podcast that, that took a sharp turn to the right i think you started it no, I, I did it. Okay, so uh, my last word about the uh, matter trans- transport. This is a literary podcast. I want to recommend the book uh, Kraken by... Um, John Wyndham. Uh, China Melville. Meowville. Oh, right. Sorry. Meowville. <laughs> did you say that name? Meowville. Book reviews by John Hickman's cast. <laughs> um, and they talk about that. In fact, there's a character in that book that um, can transport himself from place to place, but then he realises that he's actually killing a version of himself every time he does it when the ghosts of his former selves turn up to tell him to stop doing it. Wow. 
There's just many one one of the many wacky things in that book. Uh, it's a, a tremendous book. It is really good, especially if you like Douglas Adams. And if you are listening to this and you don't like Douglas Adams, life is really short, man. Like, do something else. Although, just that, just it's just else until you die. Anyway, point of order. Point of order from uh, uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about the. I love the joke, Mark, that you used in your in the introduction. How are you feeling? Like a military academy. Bits of me keep on passing out. And I actually had quite an in-depth conversation about this on Twitter because Hitchhikers invades all uh, parts of my life, not simply when we record and or talk about it here. Um, someone uh, uh, was uh, postulating that it was a good joke, but it was wrong uh, for the show because uh, it was basically it was a funny line. And I think I agree in that um, it, it's, it's not the sort of thing Arthur would have said. No, it's way too smart and glib and uh, Reader's Digesty. Uh, it's a fantastic joke, a great line. I think um, it's, it's exactly like being drunk. It's unpleasantly like being drunk. Well, what's so unpleasant about being drunk? You ask a glass of water. Is a good joke, and it's a Ford joke. Um, it's one of the few bits of delivery that Jeffrey McGiven does that I don't like. Uh, but the, like, the joke is a good one, and it works, and it feels right for the character. But the Military Academy one, I agree. Um, it's great line not right for the for the time at which that particular thought is is happening it's also better written down right oh yeah yeah i think so i don't know if that makes a difference i think you can get away with i think you can get away with so the the reason it doesn't work necessarily in the radio or the tv is that the character shouldn't say anything funny or the character shouldn't knowingly say anything funny at least yes but um in the in the book i think you can get away with that a little bit more Essentially because you get so much more and you can sort of whip through it and you've forgotten about it. Mm. The fact that we're all still discussing it, what, um, 30, 40 years later, <laughs> uh, proves that maybe you can't. Uh, I don't, it's a, don't worry, lads, not long till we're dead. There you go. <laughs> uh, and now, uh, your compare for the evening. Max Quadlepleen is the MC at Milliways, the restaurant at the end of the universe. He's an absolute pro who divides his time between this upscale restaurant and the Big Bang Burger Chef. John, uh, when he inevitably retires, assuming that the force-shielded dome doesn't protect him from ageing, would you listen to his podcast? I listen to a fair amount of podcasts. There, there seems to be a proliferation of them. Uh, and the podcast that you want it sees uh, being started all the time, essentially comedians hosting a podcast where they talk to other comedians about the comedy process. Yes. Uh, and there are lots of them. And I'm assuming, actually, that uh, Max Quadrupine would be very i would be a, an honored guest on one of these or maybe he'd run his own mm-hmm. because max is as far as i can work out part he's there's two i there's two uh thoughts on max max is either uh bruce forsyth <laughs> or max is bob monkhouse oh now yeah. i think Think my, I'm lean. I, he, he could be the. He could be Bruce. I mean, a uh, oh, good game, good game, good game. I uh, didn't get nothing in this game for uh, Casper Metris. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, that turned into Blakey, didn't it? The, uh, <laughs> I hate your mattress. I'll, I'll get you mattress. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Get these adverts for uh, Huel out. Come on. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but but I'm, <laughs> I think he's more likely to be to be Bob because uh, Bruce is um, sort of was slightly warmer 
you get the thing that that was that is that was Bruce. Maybe there wasn't a lot of depth to Bruce, but that was Bruce. Whereas Max and Bob and forward in time to maybe Jimmy Carr and backwards in time to sort of um, I don't know Tommy Trinder or uh, what's that? What's that American fella they all liked who used to entertain the troops? Anyway, oh Bob, um, Bob, yes Bob, yeah. So these are um, people whom. Uh, are great students of comedy and Max Quadruplin in, in is written as a master that is uh, well pra- you know he's practiced this is, is this comes naturally to him but he's put in a damn lot of work to do it yes he, you know he's got a, a book written down somewhere with all the lines about the gods of asgard that he can pick <laughs> out just the right one you know he can do the joke about uh he can do a joke about the the food that wants to be eaten because he's got loads of them <laughs> and you just name a subject and he'll uh tell you a joke you know about their all of their mother-in-laws and he um and yeah, I would de- I would definitely uh, listen to it because Max is a total pro. He's uh, he he's going to live forever. And also, I get like if he wanted to do a dish the dirt podcast, mm. he's literally met all the best people in the world. Um, so he could tell them like what they'd be like faced with total annihilation, which is like a good a good state to get anyone in. So he might basically have the beginning of Dan Harmon's podcast. <laughs> yeah. <a> bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be play- he'll be playing voicemails from uh the great prophet zarquan <laughs> so so when i was um when i was thinking about uh max here the um something struck me that it may not it may not go anywhere as many of things i that struck me uh, don't apart from that car that went the <laughs> um the uh no so we've got here we've got the sort of the the Bob Monkhouse of, of the eighties of the of the nineteen late nineteen seventies of his day mm. uh, on the here is the big entertainment icon. We've got uh, these mega selling books. We've got uh, the sort of big f- uh, films that uh, and and we've got this. You know, w- it might be crap, but we've got this very well renowned poetry, and we've got Disaster Area, who are a huge rock band. What have we? What are we missing from the uh, Hitchhiker's Universe that maybe there wasn't enough time, or maybe Douglas wasn't that interested in it? There is let little. There's no. Where's the alternative set? Where are the alternative uh, comedians? Um, where are the underground uh, struggling uh, writers and performance poets that uh, can't do it? Where are the art films? Where's art? Everything. Maybe the galaxy's too evolved for that. Maybe there is no underground. I don't know. It certainly infers that there is like a monoculture. Like if you get big enough, there is a monoculture that transcends all the different galaxies and universes. So Disaster Area is a band that could go on a tour that is universe wide. Yes. Look- in, the sa- in the same way that we might kind of have a monoculture on Earth. Where you two can play anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You two can play anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but uh, maybe maybe all those exist just on different planet. Maybe George Clooney on this planet is a struggling actor that barely blips up on the radar and the monoculture of the entire universe. God, I've reached for like a really popular monoculture actor and I came up with George Clooney. Yeah, that's. That's pretty out of date, right? There's got to be other mono act, like monoculture actors that 
and more relevant right now. Like Chan- Channing Tatum. Chan- the, yeah, the Channing Tatum. Uh, yeah, he would be considered a a mere understudy in the in the spectrum of the universe wide monoculture. Mm. What would be this is interesting. What would be the universe defining like the the one thing from English culture that could maybe push itself into the universe monoculture? Cockney rhyming slang. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, as we, well, cricket sort of has. Yes, but um, you well, you'd probably have to say you'd probably have to say Shakespeare, wouldn't you? Because uh, it seems to be uh, it's a factor. Uh, uh, it seems to be universal that everybody's decided that that's all right. Um, <laughs> Shakespeare, that's fine. I love that you illustrated it with a Bronte quote. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was, I was, I was reaching for one. The uh, it's a fact universal that when reaching for an author in, in English culture, you go for Shakespeare. <laughs> Anybody who's been on the back of a note, I'm fine with them. (laughs) (laughs) And now, everyone's favourite, more bureaucracy talk. The Megabrantis Cluster is the political hub of the galaxy. The Vogons migrated away from their home world to set up shop here. Brantis Vogon is a planet within the cluster, and you can go back to episode 8 to hear all about that. But Danny, assuming the galaxy is pretty technologically advanced, why do we need to shove all of our bureaucrats into one place? Um, because why the fuck would anyone else want to be near them? There you go. That's the answer I was expecting. <laughs> Sorry, it was that that was a low low hanging fruit. But come on, really? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I can't say I've ever met any bureaucrats that like socially. So maybe they're all really cool. You go to some interesting places, and you've met interesting people that I, I would think possibly even you know more in your your younger days that you might have um, had fun, interesting uh, social lives with. How do you know that on the side during the daytime they weren't raving bureaucrats? Just in a, a snidey bit of bureaucracy behind yeah, my back. They could have been tripping the light, fantastic. Um, you know, turning cartwheels across the floor and doing all of the drugs, but. When they crawl into bed at, at night, they're getting ready to put their suit on and uh, and go and do some filing or whatever. Ugh, they fuckers doing a little bit of bureaucracy. Ugh, gross. That's horrible, man. Sometimes I dream about admin. Actually, <laughs> not like in a dirty way. No, just like just like no, just like oh no, I have a dream and it was about. Actually, I had a dream uh, recently about uh, filing things. Have you got a bureaucracy problem? No, the sign kids. I can. I can <laughs> And, well, I think there's another there's another very good and very logical reason for uh, moving all the bureaucrats to one place. It's so they can implement uh, a very detailed project management system that requires them to do lots of daily stand-ups, about who's <laughs> put the memos in what thing, and uh, and work out about how many effort points or whatever their user stories of losing the filing cabinet down the back of a donkey is, or whatever it is they get up to. <laughs> Um, dare, dare, dare I ask what a stand-up is? Well, you sort of straighten your knees, and uh, it's basically a meeting you have standing up. The purpose being that it ends quickly. It's supposed to be like five minutes, uh, and it's like because meetings are toxic. Yeah, so, uh, so just we're, we're, talking to people. Uh, just talking to people. It's just say talking to people. I'm going to go talk to that person. No, 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 no. It's 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 on mass. It's lots of people in a room together. They all stand up. Uh, so, so, you come here. It's a quick come here. Meeting. It's a quick meeting, Dan. I'm, 
come here so I can talk to you all. Yeah. Well, no, but it's not like a meeting where someone's going to tell you everything. It's it's a meeting where everybody tells each other what they're up to. Yeah. So it's a quick. What are you doing? You don't. You know what I'm doing. If I work at the uh, if I work at the help desk on the accounts payable department, you know that I'm working on the accounts desk at the accounts payable yeah, department. Yeah, but we want to know about the, the, one about one about the difficulties and blockers in your particular oh, accounts blockers. that are payable at the moment. And All the fucking meetings. Yeah, you're not allowed to say that, Dan. This is this is a new style of meeting that is invented to do away with lots of the other meetings. It tends to exist in a sort of new media culture type business. Um, so it's, you know, it's, I think it was one of those that was pioneered by the likes of the people who make Basecamp. Um, and, uh, cause they're, they're, that, that was part of the thing. Meetings are toxic. Uh, and so there's, there's that kind of sort You've of. You've got to go through your Kanban board. Oh God. Oh God. It's meant to be slightly anti-culture. It's meant to be slightly anti-business culture, but it's now become part of the business culture. You've got to build up your backlog. It's a thing that works absolutely. Sm- you can, I've been on courses about this. It works and you, and it's like, it works brilliantly for software. But you try and uh, apply it to any. I've been on a new number of courses. I've been on a course where the entire two days was structured about raising an, a lost Arctic vessel, and you had to do it in a, an agile <laughs> way. I did a very short course on agile development, and it seemed to centre mostly around leaving the house naked. There are three people who might get that joke. <laughs> it's about it's all about just not fucking worrying about getting a car and going to uh, Manchester from Birmingham on a skateboard because it's the minimum viable product. That's it exactly. That's it exactly. It's 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 based on the false premise that if you hang around long enough, a skateboard will evolve into a bike. <laughs> But uh, with far longer arms, who's probably uh, quite incapable of drinking coffee. So the answer to the question, uh, why put them in one place? Right, so you're... Oh, the question. It's the week. You're at the weekend, and your mate says, right, there's two parties. There's there's one on Mega Brantis. (laughs) And there's also one in um, that new uh, flesh-eating planet. You know, uh, uh, Fleshtopia or whatever. Mm -hmm. Ebolaville. Ebolaville! It's so you can go, oh, let's try the flesh-eating planet for once. Wasting away again in that Ebolaville. Searching for my last piece of my neck. Some people say that there's a microbe to blame, but I know... I should have gone to Brandsburgen. And now to the publishers of the guide. Megadodo Publications was once the home of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and uh, one of the great publishing corporations of Ursa Minor. I think we can assume that Playbeing is another uh, Megadodo rag, so probably the company was doing fairly well. John, do you think the company was just given too many fat stacks of cash by Infinidim to refuse selling the guide? If you were on the board of directors, would you have just pocketed the money and watched the guide get vertled? So this, I don't think this was a um, a, uh, a hostile takeover. I think this would have been at least uh, told to the uh, financial journalists of the Sub-Ethernet <laughs> as a, a corporate merger. Ah, yeah. I think it would have... Uh, 
um, there would have been synergies. Yeah, there would there would have been a, 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 a head of uh, Megadodo Publications on um, the uh, Subbeta TV going on just before his interview, caught singing uh, "We're in the Money" from Forty Second Street. <laughs> Um, but it's, so essentially, as far as I can, as far as I can work out, Megadodo is Penguin, right? Yeah, I assume so. It's Galactic, Galactic Penguin. Yeah. And essentially, um, Infinidim is probably the new name because they were too, uh, scared that it would be quite amusing to have called the, the merged company, um, Random Megadodo House. <laughs> uh, it's, oh, I was designing the Megadodo logo, uh, recently. Uh, for a, for a, for a, a, a product related project, related project, yeah. and um, which may or may not at some point <laughs> see the light of day. Yeah. Looking at you, John Hickman. <clears throat> but um, it was uh, I was so basically I was just trying to find a picture of a megadodo on the internet and then put it in, <laughs> put it in an oval. Uh, so I could put, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, 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 but although now I was I decided that in my head that megadodo was penguin, but thinking about it, they're not, are they? Uh, they are. A much less reputable and much uh, smaller uh, book publishing organisation. Um, they might be um, the sort of uh, publishing company that uh, will uh, produce many uh, books about things like oh, twenty things you'd like to know about the Archers or um, things that the 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 uh, will they basically you know the evolutionary cycle of the biro growing its little hole and uh, and all that. Or well, the evolution cycle of the screwdriver losing its handle and, be, and being uh, uncovered at a drawer. The evolutionary cycle of the book, which certainly ends it up in a pile next to the tilling W.H. Smith being given away <laughs> with a large bar of chocolate. Uh, it's basically nothing that's been endorsed by Richard and Judy or Oprah or gets on the literary review. Um, but it's a good book to buy your dad. It's certainly a cheap book, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so are they like an intergalactic viz then? Maybe they're more meant to be like the um, uh, the Whole Earth Catalogue or uh, Oz or something, um, International Times perhaps. So um, Douglas would have been uh, of age or just a, a young and definitely noticing. He would have noticed like the Oz trial, the obscenity trial and stuff, and the sort of hippie idealism. Uh, that was meant to have happened in Megadodo to start with before it all came and got vertled. That's assuming that Megadodo were sort of founder publishers, but it could have existed for a long time. It could have been a self-published work uh, for a long time, you know, with its original um, editor, uh, who I think we have discussed before, and I can't remember his name now, but we have discussed him. Um, uh, So, yeah, like, it could have been uh, its own independent, free-spirited, uh, freewheeling hippie ideal uh, idealistic uh, magazine type thing before it was then bought by Megadodo. The, yes, the evolution of the radical publication. It's just uh, a few steps on the on the road to uh, employing uh, banality, employing Ian Hislop, and essentially saying, "Oh no, we don't want any of that press regulation here." Uh, <laughs> uh, and now uh, it's time to meet a nice lady. Mella is a Golgothrinchian woman Arthur meets along with Agda on the prehistoric Earth. She had recently escaped a lifetime of staring every morning at a hundred nearly identical photographs of moodily lit tubes of toothpaste in the art department of a Golgothrinchian ad agency. We never got to find out what happened between Mella and Arthur because the book ended. Um, 
Danny, what do you reckon went on? Oh, Christ, don't ask him. <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes feel like I'm on a episode of um, what's... Blankety-blank, uh, uh, blank, blankety-fucking-blank, blankety fucking blank i feel like i'm on a game like the game show blankety blank and they were gonna go oh i wonder what danny's gonna say i bet it's fuck it's fuck ding 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 danny smith what have you got for me <laughs> what have you got oh danny smith what have you got for me? <laughs> are we doing terry are we doing terry wogan uh, yeah no, i was i was actually, i was yeah. do- i was doing this dawson the uh oh. Like like old, with his bottom lip out, jump, drumming against the cards. Oh, what old, do you old, old mother prefect was uh, <laughs> going across the galaxy, and uh, <laughs> she uh, accidentally uh, got her electronic thumb stuck up her blank or blanks. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, what 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 did what did him Miller do? Right, but they 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 almost definitely did the sexy time. Yeah, and played Scrabble, probably. Yeah, because the cavemen, uh, it's incredibly hard to teach cavemen to play Scrabble. They only know one word, grunt, and they don't know how to spell it. Right, they they definitely fucked, right? Even if they're not that attracted to each other to begin with, because there's a process that goes on when you're around only a certain amount of people. There's a process that they all go through when you're in an enclosed space with people called standards calibration now alcohol helps this (laughs) alcohol helps this happen a lot quicker but after a while if the only thing you can fuck up is a pillow right that pillow starts to look really fucking attractive even if even if you were dating like like uh, like super super like tens in the in normative scale if you were dating tens i i figure it takes about a month before you're looking at like furniture and going i could i definitely definitely could the table leg there is looking rather fetching so almost definitely there was a a period of standards calibration and they they did the 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 wild nasty the other thing is always carry a fucking pair of tweezers or a wood plane what i think is the interesting question is how long after ford and arthur pissed off did Mella start looking at cavemen going, you know, they're not that actually bad, are they? Mm. Mm. You know what? I don't know, some people like the Liam Gallagher look. I mean, this is this is all assuming that there aren't any attractive uh, Golga Frinchens there for her to... Uh, uh, Belgium. Well, she... Yeah, I, I think the implication, of course, is that she had transcended her B-Arc status by becoming um, cynical about her role in the sort of uh, the advertising agency and stuff. I was just mm-hmm. wondering if, it, I can't remember, in uh, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish, when there is the bit where um, Douglas uh, asks us to, uh, and asks, the, and asks and answers the question, as in Arthur Dent, does he not, as it were. Fuck. Is, yes. Is there not a little bit? <laughs> uh, uh, three points. I don't get to say it very often, so I thought I would. But the... Uh, is it, is, does it, is it, I would have to research whether or not he, there is a reference to uh, Mella in that point. There is a reference to Mella. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I inter- integrated part of the reference to Mella in this um, 
in my little introduction. Um, And part of what he says is something along the lines of, we never found out what happened between Mellet and Arthur because the book ended. That is actually taken from (laughs) (laughs) from So Long and Thanks for the Fish. Um, I'm not that funny. So, uh, yeah, so we, we, yes, it it is exactly from that point where he is asking the the reader to consider um, a couple of, uh, a couple of times when Arthur may have found someone with whom he can do the, Belgium and also sexy time is far more on the cards if you're bored oh god yeah just like eating that's why people in the oldie times have many kids uh, and because they died a lot no you can't have sex after you died that I pretty like I don't know all the facts about sex but I'm pretty sure you can have sex done to you yeah what if you were <laughs> what if you were matter transported beam they created two of you you fucked yourself then you'd want to kill the old one there you go there's your logic problem solved so good I'm glad we've got that sorted would you fuck a clone of yourself? No, I'm not very attractive. No, likewise, I find myself repugnant. But you t- you both touch yourself very often. You know exactly what you like. Yeah, I know what I'm like, and I'm like the sort of person that wouldn't do that. But you really wouldn't. No, I refuse to believe that I am a weirdo and that I'm the only one that would. I don't have any trouble with that. Um, how many mirrors have you broken? <laughs> I've got so much bad luck, John. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> it's double if you do it with your cock. And finally, (laughs) to a rather nifty little tech prediction. A memory dump module is a small unit that Ford uses to copy data from his guide after wiping off the bits of fluff and biscuit crumbs. Adams clearly understood not only the need for data portability, but that people would be pretty careless with these devices. Nowadays, we call them USB sticks or something similar. The book was originally published in 1984 when I was one. John, you were alive for a little bit more of the 80s than I was. Just how prescient do you think this prediction was? Or was it just a fluke? I was alive for almost all of the 80s. Well, every single second of it, as far as I'm aware. But um, yes. the I, it's a prediction. I don't think it's a huge leap, though, because we're, essentially, we, we're not so far in the past in sort of uh, in the early 80s, late 70s that... There weren't computer data storage devices, and it wasn't beyond the realms of possibility that these things would get smaller. So we saw the 78, the big, thick, lacquered uh, sort of piece of plastic get into get down to the 45 single, you know, and the, the long playing record, which would be, of course, uh, have uh, your copy of um, the first Little Feet album would have uh, joints rolled upon it and uh, biscuit crumbs and worse uh, seeds rumped into the groove by careless stoners who don't appreciate the quality of uh, Lowell George's uh, slide guitar playing um, and yeah so it's not it's not a hu- it's not a huge leap but it is it is interesting the idea that you'd want that you'd basically think about um, you've got the whole uh universe of um imagination there and the idea that computers are connected to each other is established in sort of like you know quite early sci-fi so you could you could do that and there's the sub ethernet and all that but the i the idea that um douglas doesn't quite make the leap into your memory stuff not needing to be with you is quite interesting yes the idea that the book the book doesn't have infinite space or couldn't get because it, there's just a, it, it's like a let, let's it's, let's invent a restriction for no, for no particular reason because, and I think that is a good example of very good 
world building because if you have, mm. if it's possible to have sci-fi with no restrictions, but it gets incredibly boring as soon as, so that, that theory that, um, is the theory that Star Trek is essentially a game for rich people because the problems of scarcity have been solved with the replicator and stuff. So, uh, it's, there's, there's absolutely nothing to do for anybody. So they've invented this, uh, these wars and stuff and they're just something for them to do essentially. And it's quite boring. So that, yeah. So that sort of restriction is, I don't know, quite interesting. Plus, yeah, he's a bit like a USB stick, isn't it? I always thought, I always thought that it was a reference to floppy disks. Mm-hmm. Because the way he blows the dust of them wasn't the big, wasn't the big thing is that they had a dust capper at around that point. Yep. Very true. Well, the 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 um, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. I, I, John, you might remember the the, the proper um, size of these, but you had um, what three and a three and a, three, three and a three and a half, three quarter inch or something. Three and a half. Three and a half. Then before that was five and three quarters. That's it. Yeah, something like that. And those were big, and they were quite floppy, uh, whereas the small ones weren't. Normally, um, it's the other way around, isn't it, Mark? Well, well, indeed. <laughs> well, indeed. Um, I didn't want to make my com- um, my comment taken away from any of um, how prescient he was because that like the way he treats it is remarkably similar to how we treat USB sticks or what what do we call them dongles? Uh, I think uh, yeah, some people call them dongles, but I think we usually use dongle to mean something that does something. Memory stick, although memory stick is uh, technically a brand name from Sony, is um, it? Yeah, USB drive, USB stick. Some people are calling them USB keys, but they're wrong because they're not. Um, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. They call you know what they call them, guys. They call them a GDPR risk. That's what they call them. Uh, hey, that's that's what they call them now. In the uh, 2008s on the back end of the 2010s. Uh, and that would just about be it. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we are now part of the Outpost Network, so you can find this and a couple of other rather nice, uh, very splendid and worthwhile shows.